0: My next guest is Beth Napleton. Beth is an executive leadership coach, consultant, and the owner and founder of Beth Napleton Consulting. She offers senior leaders in education and mission-driven organizations a clear path to excellence through individual executive and group coaching experiences. Additionally, she offers busy leaders a container in her expertise so that they can expand their capacity in all areas. She leverages her extensive experience in education to work with senior leaders in education to help them clear out the adult problems that get away in the way of student success. Beth is a national award-winning teacher and has been in education for over 20 years. She is the founder and CEO of our small charter School Network on the South Side of Chicago that opened in 2013. She's a sole parent who lives in Chicago with her three amazing kids. Welcome to the podcast, Beth. Thanks for having me, Dana. I'm excited to be here. Well, tell me about a time when you were in the trenches and managed to crawl out. Yeah, there have
1: been quite a few over the years, um, as there sometimes are in the ups and downs of life. Um, but one time I'd love to go back to, or actually I wouldn't love to go back to, but I'd love to tell you about, um, was in August of 2018. So the school that I had founded was five years open, which mm-hmm. meant that we had both a fully grown middle school and uh the first couple of years of the high school. And so there was a lot of complexity at work because the high school was still growing. We had found, which we knew, but still the experience of going through it, how different high school was, both in terms of everything from how credits are earned to, you know, how different the SAT is as an assessment to the kinds of challenges that kids had developmentally at that age. So there were a lot of growing pains happening at the school level. And because we had decided to start initially with fourth and fifth grade, we had been running into consistent enrollment problems year after year because it was a non-traditional time to enter our school. Chicago is a district of K-8 and nine twelve schools. Mm -hmm. And so we had had some really great success in our early years, had petitioned to expand down to start in kindergarten so we could solve this enrollment problem, work with younger kids. I had a principal and resident who was working with me kind of training up to open the K-3 portion. Um, and basically, that spring, we had gotten our results, and they were far short of what both we and the district expected. And so all of a sudden, they even though we had had thousands of signatures to open this kindergarten, even though we had trained this assistant principal, we had gotten grants to fund all of this, it had been in the works for years, there was a lot of kind of, well, we were supposed to put it to the board to officially sign off on it, but I think we're just going to pull it from mm-hmm. the board agenda. And so there was all this jockeying about, are you going to, it was literally a one sentence line in a 240 page document. And was the sentence going to go in and we could open mm-hmm. kindergarten or at least have the green light so we would have that option moving forward, even if we delayed it, or was it going to be out? And in the midst of this, we were opening these schools because it was in August, you know, beginning of school time. I had a lot of staff infighting. Uh, My ex-husband was preparing to move out of our house or my husband at the time was literally like packing up the house as we went on. And my dad was being treated for colon cancer. And it so happened that the board meeting was on his 65th birthday. And I just remember feeling like it's from all ends. We're like trying to celebrate his birthday because he's going chemo and he's at like stage four colon cancer. But what's going on with the board meeting? And my, my board chair is texting and calling and it just felt so... I mean, literally, you not know, just like yeah. went under the covers and crawled and was like, I don't even know where to start. Like my house from the inside out is falling apart. And so I think that is a moment that I think a lot about in terms of, you know, both, I think, the real challenges of leadership and what it means to lead a district or an organization and also just how, you know, our personal lives often really complicate things, right? I mean, like I was in the trenches, personally. even if things have been going swimmingly at work, it would have been a very difficult time for me personally. And to kind of get hit on both sides like that was challenging.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when did you kind of come out of that situation where you felt your head was more above water?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it was kind of inch by inch, right? Uh And kind of, you know, getting that hard fought ground. I remember going that night to my father's party and feeling like, you know what, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to celebrate him. I can put all that stuff out of my head for right now because, you know, none of us knows how many birthdays were guaranteed. And thank God he's five years later and doing great. Um, we're going to celebrate his 70th birthday in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so in a very different place. Um, but I think so the, the board did not authorize the expansion of kindergarten, mm-hmm. um, which I think was the. Honestly, the right decision looking at it with the distance that I have now, but I think that that kind of led me to sit down and say, okay, what do we need to do to unwind this? What does this mean for our staffing structure? What does it mean for recruitment? What about the gaps in performance that we saw and how are we going to make up for those? Why did those happen? And so I think it really led to a lot of soul searching.
0: Mm -hmm. We have been
1: scheduled already that fall to have a consultant come in and do a readiness to grow assessment, which is something I'll do even now with organizations that are considering growth, which is kind Mm -hmm. of like a colonoscopy for a school, right? Like goes through Mm -hmm. all the elements and they give you a really helpful report at the end. And basically they were like, yeah, no, you weren't ready to grow. And I think seeing that data and seeing their perspective and wisdom was helpful. And I could also use that as a blueprint to move forward and say, okay, here are our issues. They're literally laid out. Let's start tackling them one by one. And so we were able to ultimately you know, it really kind of shore up our instructional system to get the results that we had had earlier and that we, we knew we could continue to have. We could grow our high school. We had 100% college admission. All of our students, mm-hmm. most of whom are first generation, had at least two letters of college acceptance when they're, they graduated two years later. We had stabilized the staff, partly by doing some clear... This is what we're about. And this is where we're going. And if you're not on board, like, thank you for your service. But this is not the place for you. You know, Mm -hmm. this is this is what we're doing. This is what we're about. And that was able to kind of sort out some of the staff um, nonsense. And, you know, I I just think about um, my grandmother, who was a saint and had eight children and virtually no help from her partner in raising them. You know, used to say, if I ever woke up in the morning and thought about all the things I had to do, I never would have gotten out of bed. Mm-hmm, and so I always mm-hmm. just thought about what's the next thing. And she goes, and, and I'd say, oh, so the next thing, like go get breakfast. She goes, oh, no, no, like open your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so I open my eyes. Okay. Now what's the next thing? Sit up. Now what's the next thing? Swing your legs over the bed. And sometimes to get out of those trenches, it is just that kind of very thin, very sliced, just the next thing. And if mm-hmm. you keep doing enough of those next things, you eventually get to a place where you can say, wow, we did it. We graduated these kids. We figured out these staff issues. We've had the success. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we're in the clear for now. I mean, until the next trench comes along because God willing, we live a long life and sometimes we stumble into them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's inevitable. Um, so you talk a lot about, um, you know, this it was five years into the Charter School Network. Talk to me a little bit about finding the school and um, how you got it opened in 2013. And then you said you were um, the, the CEO of the school until 2021. So how did this process all come together?
1: Sure. I had long been interested in starting a school. I think some, you know, and I know a lot of educators out there would say, you know, I talk to them all, all the time. I'd love to start a school. And I always say, I'm so glad I didn't know what it entailed before I started. <laughs> so I'm not sure I would have done it. Um, you know, you always think about like, I, I never had realized that somebody decided what color the office walls were going to be. <laughs> right? <laughs> and whether it was snow or cream or whatever uh, it it, there were so many decisions, but it was a really great experience. And so in 2011, I had gotten a fellowship with a group called Building Excellent Schools, which took me to over 50 high performing charter schools throughout the country to kind of learn what their secret sauce was. And I could work on designing my school, uh, recruiting a board of directors, searching for a facility, learning about the charter authorization pro- process in my hometown of Chicago. Um, and so that was a full it was a, a basically about a year and a half until we were approved open just by the timeline of how it works with these pieces. Okay. And we opened our doors in August, 2013 with fourth and fifth graders. And then every year those kids grew up a year and we added a new group of fourth graders in. And so it was really, um, I was the principal for the first Uh, full first year principal and executive director. And then the second year of the school, I actually had twins. Mm -hmm. And so that made it clear that it would be difficult to continue to do both. So we separated the role into ED and principal, continued to grow our staff, continued to work with results. And it's in a community on the far south side of Chicago called Roseland, which is a really amazing and wonderful community that has had just persistent challenges for years and years and years. And so uh, you know, we were up against everything from, you know, being a food desert to the industry that had shut down to some of the challenges you find in any inner city neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And so I think getting to know and become a part of that community was incredibly important um, and getting to spread the word and grow over time. And, you know, really gratifying to see the students go from these like little squirts in fourth grade coming in to, you know, I just got a text the other day from Antoine, who was one of our founding fourth graders, who is interning at the, you know, Cook County prosecutor's office and getting ready to go back to a sophomore year at North Carolina Mm A&T. And so seeing that full journey has been really rewarding. This podcast
0: is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get back to the episode
1: when people always say, well, what surprised you best starting school or how is it? Or what about the kids or the families? I always said what I think almost any school leader or district leader will say, which is like, it's not the kids, like it's the adults, right? Like I expect the graders to be out of their minds, right? That is what seventh grade is about, right? Like nobody is their best self, but the adults and the adult drama and the adult Mm -hmm. problems, who got this and who got that? And what I found is that I sometimes felt like, I can't like, how, how does this happen? How do I do this? Like, how do I do I use my skills from the classroom? Is that infantilizing my team? How do I motivate them? How do I deal with limited resources and this mission we need to do and everyone have an opinion about how to spend it. And so at various points in this journey, over the 10 years that, that I opened and worked on the school from our first fourth graders to those fourth grade or our first fourth and fifth graders to those first fifth graders graduating in 2021. I was there that whole time. And at several kind of key inflection points, I engaged a coach or brought in a consultant because I felt like Mm -hmm. I was trying to climb a staircase and I got better and better every year and with more experience. But there were some times I just felt like I was stagnating and I Mm -hmm. needed some extra capacity or extra time or additional perspective because I would be like, this Mm -hmm. cannot be normal. Like what, who do I talk to about this? And you can't talk to anyone else, right? It's not professional. It's not, you know, all of a sudden it becomes gossip. So my husband at the time was tired of hearing about it. And so I was able to bring in someone to help engage um, with me and support me. And that kind of helped like jumpstart me to that next level. And that allowed me to continue at the school, to continue making an impact, um, to continue to hold my skill set, And so, you know, I always, you know, the, the kids always would say, well, you know, you knew that you couldn't keep working after we left. And I was like, well, I am a founder. I'm a person who starts things. I grow it. And it, was kind of clear that it was time for me to leave as the pandemic meandered on and I knew the organization needed some new energy. And so when I thought about, well, what can I do to continue to have an impact? I don't know if anything I'll ever do is as impactful starting a school, um, but I did think about those coaches and those consultants and thought, you know what, I've been in the trenches as a leader for the last 10 years. And so if I can bring some of that experience to people, um, I think that's a meaningful way to continue my career.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you decided to step down uh, two years ago and start helping organizations, um, as I mentioned in the bio, clear out the adult problems that get in the way of student success. So um, how do you go about uh, working with schools? And you also work with uh, private, charter, public, alternative, early childhood. So how does that how does that work start usually?
1: Yeah, well, I always tell people you are special and your school is special, but it is Mm -hmm. not unique. (laughs) Everyone and their mother has had a dysfunctional leadership team, issues with enrollment, parent Mm -hmm. complaints, right? And sometimes I think even just hearing that is really gratifying for people. And so my favorite thing to do, I serve as a coach and as a consultant, but my favorite thing to do with schools is called coach salting, which is basically kind of elements of both. And so I call with a school leader who has a problem or a district leader or, you know, Mm -hmm. an HR person, somebody in the education realm. And often what happens is that people are like, we're here at point A and we want to get to point B. Maybe that's, we want to become, you know, more, an organization more open to feedback. We want to become more, um, we want to really, our lines are really blurry and nobody knows who does what. And it's like inefficient and we want to like reset it, Mm -hmm. but we don't know how to get there. Right. Or I don't have the time and space to get there or I'm overwhelmed or I've got a million other things going on that only I can do. And so I will chart out a customized course for them where the first half of our engagement, which is usually about six months, is um, really consulting. I'm doing interviews, focus groups, surveys, analyzing, coming up with plans and decks, everything like a consultant would do. And then we come up with a plan and we align on it and we get key stakeholders aligned. And then I really work with the leader on implementing it because as a leader, when I had those consultants, they were great, but there were times that that plan would just gather dust in a drawer, right? And have the time to do it. It would run into a challenge from step one. And so this allows me to work, you know, I'm working with a leader who's kind of bringing back, um, he leads a small charter school in Durham, North Carolina, and he wants to help Post-pandemic, as schools become more goal-oriented, and so we've been working on a dashboard mm-hmm. and goals and involving people in how to do it. And so now we're in the implementation phase. As he gets ready to start professional development in a few weeks with his team, and I'm doing rehearsals for pre- pre- rehearsals for that with him, right? And okay. I'm writing a deck for him, and then we're tr- going through it because that's where it gets tricky sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's about do I have the space to write a plan? I need some expertise. Yeah. It's also about well, what do I do when somebody says in the front row this will never work,
0: <laughs> yeah, right? Sure. How
1: do I react as sure. that? And I'm emotional, I'm triggered and I'm frustrated and I spend so much time on this. And so I can kind of work as a coach in that way to help with the plan.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then, um, so if people are interested in having some, um, help, maybe just to check out your services, you do offer a lot of, um, information on your website. You have YouTube resources. Um, you've also created a podcast, um, so where, where would people look and get some information to see if um, your consulting would be right for them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. They can go to my website, BethNapleton.com, which hopefully we can put in the show notes for the spelling of it. Um, and there's a resource tab, and I'm always adding to it with different tools for leaders to use because mm-hmm. it really is a passion to help folks who are really in the work right now. Um, I also have a quiz that folks can take. So if you go to leadership-quiz.com, that will actually redirect you to my website and the quiz is at the top. Okay. And that is a like less than 90 seconds and it helps you identify what you need most to leader right now. And so I like that folks take it and, and you know I think find that it really reflects where they're at at this moment in time and then can take it later and see. So I would also encourage leaders to take that or share that with your friends because sometimes- When we're so in the weeds, it's hard to know exactly what would help me the most right now. And so I've Mm -hmm. really created this and researched this quiz that will help you figure out exactly what's um, potentially the right fit
0: for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you've also um, turned turned some interviews that you've done um, into a podcast. Uh, What is the podcast called?
1: Yes, the podcast is on the website. It's called Live on Leadership. And actually, more props to you, Dana, because I think I learned very quickly how hard Mm -hmm. it is to do this. And so I actually did a a series of LinkedIn interviews um, that were live on YouTube and Facebook. And then I converted the audio into a podcast. So it is useful. I interview everyone from the former superintendent of New Orleans public schools to a chief operating officer of a charter school Mm -hmm. to the school board president of Cincinnati. And we talk about their lessons on leadership they've learned along the way. So it's kind of fun to watch and um, we use them in that way, but I learned quickly how difficult it is to just consistently do this week after week. So I commend you for your dedication to this because it is uh,
0: harder than it looks. (laughs) Mm Well, we've had a good conversation around your uh, trench story and how you got your charter school network started out of everything we've talked about. What's one thing you'd like listeners to remember?
1: I think it's important to remember that there's always a way, right? And sometimes like at that moment when I was under the covers and it just felt like the world was crumbling, it felt like how on earth are things going to be rebuilt professionally, personally, et cetera. And I think that there always is a way. And every time I ever wanted to make a change or increase the rigor of curriculum or get my team to stop the infighting, there's always a way. We don't always have to have the answers as leaders either, right? We can Mm -hmm. go to experts and read, listen to podcasts and, you know, get help because I think Mm -hmm. that there is a way to get from point A to point B. And I think part of what, you know, it's interesting because the talent market is shifting and all the impact of the economy, people are leaving education in droves. And it's like, well, who's going to teach our children? This is, I would argue the most important job that we have in our society. And so mm-hmm. I don't fault people who leave. I understand that it's complicated and hard and not flexible. And like, there's a lot we haven't figured out. Right. But I always tell people, if you feel like you can be in it, there is a way, right. There's yeah.
0: always a to get from where it might being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you've listed your website and where to find the leadership quiz. Uh, what uh, is your handle on social media?
1: Sure. I am on LinkedIn at Beth Napleton and Instagram at Beth.Napleton and Facebook as Beth Napleton Consulting. So would love for folks to follow me there and see any of the tips that I offer there as well.
0: Great. Great. Well, thank you so much for being on the Out of the Trenches podcast today. It was a pleasure having you on. It was a blast to be here. Thank you so My much. Book, Out of the Trenches, Stories of Resilient Educators has now been published. You can access it through Amazon. You can buy it at the Road to Awesome website, or you can get it through my website at danagoodier.com. Please leave a review, and you can also access it on Kindle. Check out the show notes on danagoodier.com to learn more about this guest and links to their social media. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you download this podcast. Tell your friends and colleagues about it. And if this episode resonates, especially with you, be sure to share it out on social media and tag me at OutOfTrenchesPC.